water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast uh, with us, the Novice Leadist. It is... November 6th, 2023, and it is a semi-rainy night. Just had daylight savings time, and it was the 5th of November yesterday for all those who celebrate V for Vendetta Day. I'm just making you know note of this because for anybody you know listening to this in the future, because yeah, this is this is it. This is this is the end. Yeah, I forgot that you used to uh, you'd always note the holidays whenever we do these episodes. That's an old school. That's thing. right. You know what? I haven't done that in a while. I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I won't do that now. But yeah, I'm just giving us you know all, or fair warning. How was Caleb? How was uh, daylight savings for you yesterday? Did you enjoy that extra hour of sleep? No, I I still woke up at the same time that I always do, but it was just way earlier. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, whoops, I guess Dems it breaks, but uh, how are you doing currently right now? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting by. I'm getting by. Here we are. I can't believe it. We're finally at the end. Avatar Aang. Oh, man. Yeah, this, uh, this was definitely an emotional viewing today. Some, some big emotions. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I went and before we watched this or before we we're commentating on, excuse me, I went and uh, downstairs watched. Uh, the the entire thing I watched all of Susan's comment on the TV there and mm. oh man I'm so glad I did that to, uh, like kind of experience and or re-experience everything like this is the last four episodes no I just went like but between this one and the last episode I watched the whole series again <laughs> well I had a whole weekend to myself to do that yeah I think you need more time than that but oh no yeah I I wish I would have done that too that would that seems like that would have been a good idea and I believe you said that you listened to the commentary for, was it just this episode or? Just this episode, because I listened to the uh, commentary of the previous episode as well. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to finish it off with this. And here, Brian and Michael, uh, their voices one last time. Not ever, of course, but just like one last time in the series. Yeah, we still got Korra coming. <laughs> oh, and of course, you know, the one after. Oh, and, and speaking of them, yeah, they did once again come together to write this episode as a pair. So, so that's important to note. And Joaquin DeSantos returns for the uh, the final appearance in this series. And the final animation services were provided by JM Animation. There you go. Yep. And I guess we'll step yet again into the land of the summary. As opposed to the land of confusion. <laughs> yeah, which my summaries... Uh, I think rarely are. Sometimes I feel like they're confusing. Sometimes I feel like I word them bad. Oh, I never. No, no, no. That's that's never. No, that's never the case. I'm just making that reference to that Phil Collins song. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I, oh, I remember that one now. Mm. It's a really good song, honestly. It's 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 a lot of fun. But anyway, uh, to the summary, we begin this episode by picking up on the dangling threads left after into the inferno, with Ang pushed nearly to the brink of defeat. 
but as his rock ball protective armor is undone, he slammed hard against an outcropping of rock, directly on the wound he sustained at the end of the Crossroads of Destiny, and the trauma sustained by the injury is enough to reawaken the Avatar state, which turns the tide of the battle between Aang and the Phoenix King Ozai. But back on the other fronts of the conflict, Sokka and Toph continue their work disabling the airship fleet, with Toph utilizing her metal bending to deliver the final blow to that side of the battle. But while in the attempt, they're attacked and surrounded by firebenders. All seems lost until Suki arrives, rejoining the group, having taken control of another ship and crashing it into theirs, pulling the Team Avatar members on board and gaining distance from the collapsing fleet. And over in Bossing Say, the Order of the White Lotus gained control over the besieged city, and Iroh sees his dreams fulfilled as he reclaims the Earth Nation capital. And in the Fire Nation capital, Zuko lays injured as Katara takes over the duel with Azula. Katara is mostly on the defensive, struggling to keep up with the deranged firebender. But when she finds access to an underwater aquifer, she tricks Azula into standing on the grate above the water and switches the advantage in her favor. She envelops the Fire Lord-to-be in a frozen cloud, and when Azula is trapped stiff, Katara unfreezes herself and uses a nearby chain to bind the firebender into submission. And with Azula crying in defeat, we'll cut back over to the final conflict with Aang and Ozai. The Phoenix King is on the losing end of the battle now, and he knows it. And being close to defeat, he takes any chance he can to deliver a killing blow to the Avatar. And when he sees his chance, fires off lightning bending in the hopes of a quick victory. But the Avatar state Aang is able to quickly capture and redirect the lightning. But before the embodiments of the past Avatars can send it back, Aang takes control of his body and sends the blast beside Ozai rather than Adam. Finally, Aang uses all four elements to deliver a brutal attack on the Phoenix King, and with him exhausted, Aang binds him to a rock pillar. In remembering the words of the Lion Turtle, Aang uses a mysterious form of chi bending to remove Ozai's bending abilities, finally finding a way to disable the strength of the Phoenix King without having to take his life, and in doing so, ending the century of conflict. And in the aftermath, Zuko has crowned the new Fire Lord, and with Aang at his side, strives to move forward, rebuilding the paths of freedom and peace throughout the world. He and May strike up their romance again and move forward in a healthier direction, while the rest of Team A all find their various paths back to their family and friends. And Aang and Katara, now that the conflict's passed, can finally begin their relationship proper, and as we see the final moments of the episode, they share a kiss together and look off into a brighter future. And that's how we end Avatar The Last Airbender. Folks... You got your digital, physical, legally or illegally purchased copies of this. You know exactly what to do, whether you're watching on Netflix or your DVDs or on the Paramount Pluses or like us, the Blu-rays in the Supercut. And again, we could have easily just listened to the commentaries and done it that way. So I could have said that's your son. Yeah. Get to a certain timestamp for us. It is one hour, eight minutes and 11 seconds. He's probably either like a, a bit ahead of me or behind me whatnot to at least, you know, the, t- the, the title card of book three fire chapter 21 Susan's comet part four avatar. Ang, please press play right now. So beginning from before. Yep. That makes any sense. Um, Aang's in a ball. He's uh, he's yeah, he's kind of, he's on the defense. He's, 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 yeah, he's, he's not exactly having it. Yeah. He's in turtle mode. Just shell up and hopefully they'll keep biting until they realize they can't get you and then walk away. Uh, not like a Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle mode, but the, <laughs> the, the other kind of turtle. Yeah, and the Fire Lord, I mean, he's he's laying it in. He's like, ah, ha, ha, I've got you in 
and the fetal position, and it's time for me to really lay my my hooks in and and get you good. And this is a good example of why we should not procrastinate. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. Take that as a lesson. Um, so we'll go back to them in a second. We are currently on the back uh, or the stern, excuse me, uh, of a airship. Yep, and I do. I, I like this little moment as we see Toph and Sokka picking up where they left off, still uh, stuck in that big, intense moment on the back of that ship. And I like that Toph used her metal bending to uh, pull on the well, what's that? What's that part of the ship called? Do you know? I believe it was the rotor. Not, no, no, I'm sorry, not the rotor. Yeah. Uh, either way, I appreciate the little the the animation, the metal bending. I think it just looks so good. And I like Sokka being like, oh, I, you know, I don't tell you enough how, how glad I am that you uh, invented metal bending. I thought that was just a fun little bit. Uh, the rudder. Rudder. Sir. The Thank rudder you. The rudder is called. Yeah, we don't get too much room for little spots of humor in this episode. They, they try to find space for when they can. Uh, and this is one of the more successful ones for this episode. But uh, as they manage to usurp control of the ship, just in that way, kind of screwing up its, its flight path. It continues the uh, the blows for the other ships crashed into him. So continuing that plan for the last episode as well. They're just bombarding the ships with each other, like using them as uh, weapons and uh, instead, which, yeah, pr- pretty smart in, in that part. Yeah, and we got a pretty intense scene as I guess maybe someone under underneath was like, hey, do you hear someone walking around up there? Go investigate that. And so some guy comes up and sees them and throws a couple fire blasts at them. And they fall to a pretty, a pretty tough little spot here. There's the little platforms at the, I don't, I don't know what you call those guys, the gunners, <laughs> the fire gunners, flamethrower men were standing on. They fall into those and Toph happens to, to be falling off to the ground and Sokka just grabbed her just in time. Or I guess he was already holding her hand, helping her see. Yeah, being her, her guide. I call shenanigans though. There you go. Because, um, you know, as soon as they land onto the railless platform, <laughs> All the firebenders, by the way, had harnesses. I saw that. So relax, people <laughs> pointing out the obvious. There you go. You know, they land there. They don't have you know, any wires on them. They don't have any cables onto them. Uh, I call shenanigans because, I mean, Sokka obviously took the hit. Uh, fair enough on his leg. I can see that. It was a pretty hefty fall. I love the moment where he uses his uh, sword to embed it into the side of the ship. Try that in D&D once. Didn't go too well after you like you know roll a one or a two um and leg is fine but him even holding on to Toph one-handed should still net him a dislocated shoulder and her i would think too i think both of them would oh absolutely yeah immediately have to let go in in extreme pain (laughs) oh yeah no he would dislocate too because like you can kind of see um what is it i think at at oh nine oh one oh nine uh, 28. You could see Sokka holding onto the platform as well with his other hand, so both his shoulders should be dislocated. <laughs> yeah, and, and just as a coincidence, yeah, his blade smashed into that thing, too. Yeah, isn't that a piece of metal, that platform? I mean, I guess that, that whatever that meteor blade or whatever it is, maybe it can go through metal, but yeah, it just seems, it's, it's all a little bit coincidental there, and you have to just kind of suspend your disbelief, I suppose. And the same thing can be said, especially for the next part that comes up, where two guards show up. They're like, ah, there you are. And they have him in his sights. And then 
quicker than when they like like this is almost superhuman by the way yes. uh, what Sokka does where he's they're about to like literally we see the ignition of fire <laughs> and he just quickly reaches for his boomerang um while still holding on to Toph and then throws it you know great you know just throws it with perfect precision and knocks the guy off the balcony i think he's still i don't think he destroyed the cable i think he just like knocked him off and then he again this is like a, a an insane feat of of like just sheer stupidity and i guess awesomeness like kicks his sword up with his foot and then grabs it with one hand tosses it at the other guard and breaks or slices the platform in half and again the, the guard is fine because he's on a cable but like unfortunately the uh goodbye uh space sword yeah we had to have a we have to we had to sustain someone had to die somebody it doesn't matter in these finales somebody's got to die yeah and in that case it was it was the space sword yeah and by the way when we saw the slow motion of the the fire just about to uh you know kind of explode forward i was like wow i just watched uh joan last night or however you pronounce that joan joan I was like, this feels like a scene out of that movie with the uh, yeah the superhuman speed of Sokka. We will get more to that in the other channel because I have <laughs> lots to gush about, like I have with this episode. But um, yeah. Oh, by the way, like oh oh one oh nine fifty two, you can clearly see both uh, troopers hanging by the cables, so they did not die. Just just pointing it yeah. out there. A couple of danglers. But yeah, the the feet of like that was a like. I'm just going to say it soccer rolled a nat 20. Like that was clearly a nat 20 roll. Cause yeah. no way he wouldn't have, with a dislocated and shoulder potentially like there's no way he wouldn't have been able to do that without a roll of uh, the good old two zero. Yeah. And Hey, this, this finale overall has been awesome. The whole, the whole thing. So I'll, I'll suspend my, my disbelief for that. That moment. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Fair. Just, yeah, just here. We're, and just, we got that on record. Caleb uh, suspends his dis- disbelief for for that. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> Pure rule of cool. Uh, but then they're surrounded. Uh, the, it's mm. like, even though they got rid of those two, maybe that, maybe that like is a little more realistic where it's just like, and there's like six more guys behind them. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess there's a whole ship full of these guys. Yeah, but can I continue to suspend my disbelief as. Yeah, they're about to, I guess, either kidnap or kill these two kids just out of the the background, unseen by the audience. Another ship comes in and they all scatter and run. And it comes in wicked fast. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. And it collides with the ship. And the two of them are, yeah, stable enough to manage to to jump down and not just when they get hit, you know, get knocked off and fall to their their doom. So it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're... Stretching a little bit. <laughs> or breaking any more limbs. Yeah, or breaking any more limbs, yep. Spraining I don't I don't even know at this point. Um oh and apparently boomerang's also not coming back, as uh, Sokka said before they almost got blasted off again. Yeah, R.I.P. a couple uh, cherished items there. Yeah, lost. Ooh, we sustained two people tonight. Oh, that's two in the grave. Oh boy. Yeah, let's keep the grave count up. Let's see if we lose anyone else. <laughs> <sighs> okay. But yeah, in the nick of time, like, again, that ship came out of nowhere, like, quick as well. Um, I guess Suki may have seen the same thing with uh, Toph's little manipulation of the rudder over there, and she did the exact same thing with uh, string this time, or at least cable, excuse me, to steer the ship in the direction of the other ship, ramming speed and uh, saving Toph and Sokka's hide. Yeah, I like that they gave her that little moment there. She looked pretty heroic. Yeah, swinging from that thing. 
So it was, it was cool. Oh, definitely. No, I would love to see her, you know, in a, another series doing like some uh, fighting sky pirates. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, or potentially a solo comic book. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that one day. Or novel. Or novel, maybe. Whatever <laughs> it is. Maybe it's a comic. I don't remember, actually. Uh, we cut away, though. Back to the action with the Fire Lord and the Avatar. Yeah, Aang is still trying to pull off his uh, Thing cosplay from a Marvel Comics. And the Fire Lord is is helping him out by playing the Johnny Storm role. So <laughs> that was a great reference. Um, yeah, um, he's still like you know trying to. He's he's waiting for that idea check. He's like, thank, thank, thank. He's waiting for that brain blast to to occur, but none such uh, happens. He's like, come on, think, 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 think. Do something, do something. Brain, do something. And um, well, unfortunately, no matter how like solid Ang's defenses are. Ozai is just too offensive right now and finally deals a charge blast. And again, just by sheer force of will, Aang creates like a air shield to prevent him from getting scalded and I guess disintegrated. Yeah. Back to what, but sends him back towards the pillar and then something happens. Something that kind of is excruciatingly painful Mm-hmm. but may or may not have hit something in the right sense. <laughs> if everybody remembers the moment from the iron giant, uh, when the army blasts the iron giant after realizing Hogarth may have died, notice that the dent in his forehead finally, um, fixes itself and undents itself. Uh, in this case, a jagged piece of the rock happens to land flush uh, with the back of Aang's back happening to be the exit point or the entry point, excuse me, of where Azula zapped him with lightning. Yeah, and the, I was just thinking, like, oh, how how tender is that wound still? And it gets hit right there. And, and you can see the reaction on him. It like, I don't know if it's the pain that just automatically triggers the avatar state. Like such a colossal pain there it looks like <laughs> it's pain i think it's a mixture of pain and psychological uh trauma hmm. that like just oh and and emotions as well that just overload uh ang's body and being and crack which was locked away hmm. or at least sealed uh in a self-preservation sense um for we see a bunch of images flash that we've seen beforehand of all the avatars before when azula struck ang back in uh episode two or sorry book two episode 20 the crossroads of destiny uh you know we saw all the avatars in the lineup just disappear Mm. now they reappear (laughs) they reappear and we see the avatar state the cosmic you know the, the cosmic chakra or whatever i forget what chakra that was uh, the purple being reappear. Hmm. And I did like that in the line of them, Roku was staring at him. I, th- I think that was just a, like, I would love to have that image just as a painting on my wall. I think that was just really nice. Yes. No, I need this. I think most of the images in this episode, uh, maybe pr- provided, maybe not every still image, but, uh, or in yeah. between shot, but almost every image you could pretty much call a wallpaper shot. Yeah, and I was going to ask because I couldn't. I couldn't remember exactly when was the last time we saw Aang in the Avatar state. That's a good question because it was all the way back in Book Two, Episode Twenty. Because this entire season, 
Um, he could, he just never went to the avatar state. Yeah. Yeah. They're saving it for the big finale and it, it hits a big impact when we see it here. It's not only that, it's the fact that this was never discussed, like verbally speaking in any of the episodes, they never mentioned the avatar state. Like even when building up to, you know, Zuko training Aang, or when they had that little salt with Melon Lord. They never mentioned the Avatar state. It was so. This is like I don't know. This is perfect. Like this was like yeah. A uh, you forgot about this. Congratulations, Team Avatar, and or like you know the writers and everybody who worked on this show. You got us. Like you, you made us forget about. Oh yeah, he has <laughs> this. At the same time, people would be like, really? Would this just come back out of nowhere? I think they handled it the right way of reintroducing it. Yeah, I think it makes sense that. The rest of Team A would understand that, okay, the Avatar state for Aang is such a, a sore topic. This is not really an option for him. Let's see what we can do to, to help him take on the Fire Lord on his own. He doesn't have to worry about that Avatar state that he's like terrified of. So Yeah, just not even able to grasp at it. And I even think it's yeah. okay that, that that is the case where he can't fully grasp it. He's not even mastered it fully yet because yeah. uh, he's again 13 years old or 12 years old <laughs> so 112 or 13 years old fair enough but yeah we I, I don't know if we have the same moment as what we have with um back in king arthur legend of the sword there when he finally like you know draws excalibur <laughs> and it's you know avatar excalibur or king arthur excalibur mode but uh-huh. actually i think it's about the same what am i saying it's just as grand um, because you know, Ozai is gloating, gloating, gloating. He's being like, you know, come yep. on out, little boy. I'm about to like, you know, be showing you, you know, who's boss. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not the case, because then, you know, this is why you don't have facial hair. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. or that long of facial hair. And this <laughs> literally this image right here at 01 11 17 is literally why it's it pays to be bald, because in a street fight, anything you can grab including earlobes counts. So just uh, warning everybody out there to you know, be aware of that. If you get into a street confrontation, obviously, you know, diplomacy to deescalate the situation, but yeah. uh, here's where things deescalate for Ozai. Yeah. And I do like that when Aang, you know, first he grabs the beard, but when he pops up and, and stands tall, I like that they put him taller than, uh, than Ozai, given that dominance and just the, the look he has, he's got this, he almost doesn't look like a boy anymore. He looks like he's entered beyond the uh, the childhood state, physically speaking. I mean, and I think that uh, yeah says a lot just in the the visual. He has entered the thirty six chambers. Yeah, and I love the the smoothness of the motion as we get another slow motion shot. Ozai's like, okay, screw this kid. I uh, he may be in the avatar state, but I'm just gonna burn that avatar state off his face. And then just with such fluidity, Aang just pushes his hand up. I think that looks great. Just the simple, like we're talking, I'll say it. It's, it's Neo from like the matrix, like the, the end of it, excuse me. Yeah. We're just like, but I think it's okay. I think, I think it works. Oh, it's better. <laughs> I'm talking the first matrix. I don't know about the sequels, but like, all right, then fair enough. I still think it's better. Really? <laughs> Interesting. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, he just, you know, backhands him simple way. And then we have this one where, you know, it's a common anime trope, but we, you know, this, I think it's really cool where we see a, uh, three shots of the same motion or the same action. Yep. Yeah. And Aang, I mean, he's with the, especially with the red background and those, those huge glowing eyes, he's spooky. 
if I was the Fire Lord, I'd be writing my uh, letter of surrender right here and raising up a white flag. I don't want to mess with that guy. No, all the yeah, just backhands him and no, not even backhands him. Just like you know, pushes him with enough like you know, enhanced air force, you know, to smack him back into like not even. I'm I'm, I'm surprised he didn't like cave his head into the <laughs> pillar or something like that. I'm not saying he did. I'm just surprised he didn't. But no, it just sends Ozai back with such force. It's just like oh my goodness, like this. This is the first time Ozai I think has ever been hit that hard. Yeah, like I almost could be like, even though he has, I don't know, obviously we don't know much about like when it comes to Ozai, we know his prowess of, you know, how ferocious he is in battle, but it's almost like he's never had an opponent he's had to ever like deal with that's his superior, other than maybe like his father or his brother potentially, but and how he's maybe outgrown them. But like, this is, yeah, he is, this is the bane of the Fire Nation royalty. This is the demon literally that they were the boogeyman that they were talking about of like you know if he even achieves you know mastery over something or at least comprehension of something we are seeing a wrathful being and our deity almost yeah the true embodiment to the avatar not just uh you know and kind of the person but the the energy just embodied in a, a body it's spooky Locked away for almost 112 years. Um, finally, like, you know, denied many times to, you know, show the sheer amount of, I guess, willpower and uh, divine, I don't know, divine right, but um, sheer awesomeness that is the Avatar state. It finally, like, just is about to show, uh, uh, like I said, Ozai, who is boss, and show him his place. Yeah, before we fully jump into all the this cool action and his little his little air ball surrounded by the elements, do you feel like it's in some way a cheat with, you know, is it fully Aang taking part in this this battle here at the end? You know, because the Avatar State, it's been established that it's, I mean, it's kind of Aang, but at the same time, it's it's just this force that he can't really control. I mean, we see a little bit of a different thing here, uh, but do you feel like it's a, a slight cheat that he it takes over the fight for him? a being unto itself almost where it's both it has its own being it's maybe the legion of other avatars past avatars and ang itself it's autopilot almost uh where it's using ang's body as a vessel yeah but yeah it's in like there's a there's another state there's a separate being that is kind of using ang's body as a as a conduit a catalyst a medium almost yeah, like in Yu-Gi-Oh! with uh, Yugi and the other version of Yugi. I don't know what they call that one. <laughs> I did not expect that to come out of your mouth. That is insane. Um, I don't know if it would be similar to Pharaoh Atem in, in that regards, or Yama Yugi for those, you know, nostalgic. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you could say it's the same thing, albeit it's like a hundred. Well, similar. Or yeah. well, a hundred or more than that of several different versions of Yugi. Uh, you know, I guess Pharaoh Atem. Uh, sure, we'll get to that. But I, I, for now, I, I, I'll agree with you that uh, it is probably a being that is. I don't know if it's a cheat, but I, I definitely think it's. If it is a being in under itself, well, hey, that's not the only thing this episode we're going to be talking about with that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I present the question for you just because I feel like I could definitely see people being like, "Oh, this isn't even really," you know, Ang. We saw Ang; he lost the fight. 
and Avatar State had to save him. I think it makes total sense in terms of, uh, I don't know if it was maybe the writers slightly dropping the ball a little bit with Aang's complete lack of care for the training for so long until up until the end. You know, he I really do think he wasn't ready for this this fight. It was it came down to was he ready to control the Avatar state and feel strong enough that he could usurp his power over that control his emotion. That's kind of the end conflict for Aang here and his uh, real contribution to this this fight at the end. Well, I think if we were to look at this from a series overview, I don't want to go there now, but yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, Aang really isn't ready. I think it definitely should. Yeah. But the fact that he has his crutch, the fact that he can either, well, not even he can call upon it, but just in the in these moments of self-preservation and his life is about to end, kind of like in a prototype, there's a power like adrenaline rush, I believe, where like, few seconds or so before you die you become invulnerable and you get one last chance to like you know unleash a devastator to get out of you know conflict to avoid dying and that's kind of what this is as well with the avatar state where like you know as we said it's not just real as roku explained it's not reactionary um but like or it's not just reactionary and the whole time from like the first time you used it in the storm uh, to protect him and Appa from, you know, smashing into the waves or going underwater to when he, you know, rescues Katara and Sokka from, or gets out of there, excuse me, in uh, episode two of book one. Aang has never really, you know, figured this out. Like, no, and maybe that's the point is that, mm. like, ultimately, maybe the whole idea is this, you know, this, the monks were wrong or was or monkey got wrong where they should have trained him in that art quickly, I guess. Well, no, I think it more comes down to Aang. Just, I mean, Sokka and, and Katara and Toph were kind of pushing him like, Hey, like really you need to take this training seriously. And we always saw him trying to skirt around the edges. I mean, the monks, they, they couldn't really know what was, what was coming. They need to be ready for, you know? All right. You raise a better point than uh, I could. I see your point. Um, that, yeah, it really does c- come down to Aang and the fact that he just did not put in the work. So does this mean that Aang is a poorly written character or a flawed character? Flawed. Char- yeah, flawed. Sorry, character with flaws. Same thing. Here we go. So it's only by the fact that he has this, you know, he is the special one. He's the chosen one yeah. that any other person would have been dead. Like he clearly would have died. Oh, yeah, if he wasn't the Avatar. Yeah, but he'd never be in the, this position. In fact, you could almost say that that blow that he got to his back was the killing. I don't just mean from Missoula, but like when the Fire Lord, or sorry, Phoenix King, uh, blasted him back <laughs> yeah. in his rock, in his, you know, uh, little shell. Um, that was that was it. Like, Aang just died, like right there. Yeah, the old Aang. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Where this saying is now, like what we're seeing here is, you know, like gloves are off. I've I've had it every every time he's like, you know, when we saw him in the Crossroads of Destiny, we saw that he's still like when he tried to go with the Avatar states, um, he, you know, he had he had decided like he made the conscious effort to do so. Mm-hmm. And then obviously without checking his surroundings, 
Um, and I love this, by the way. Uh, without checking his surroundings, he kind of bites in the rear. <laughs> it's zapped, and st- so you can see why, as well as we mentioned, why he doesn't want to go in the Avatar state. But uh, no, and yeah, this is you know, what we're gonna see after this. Maybe a different aim, but I'm uh, let's let's get back to it because sorry that was yeah. a tangent, but I guess it's <laughs> I think it's still relevant. Yeah, I'll just say one more thing. Yeah, maybe the making him look older. Maybe that was meant to be the death of the childhood Aang. He can't be a kid anymore at this point. He has to be a man going forward. You know, even though he's still young, he, he has to put aside that that child child inside. Maybe. So yeah, loss of innocence. So is this so what does the Avatar State represent when it comes to um a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, I'm, I'm going a little too far with that. Sorry, maybe we'll ask that yeah. later. <laughs> Put a pin in that. But so yeah, so so Ozai watches in stunned horror as Aang floats up in the air, and he just starts pulling the elements towards him and making kind of a—is it like a helix kind of thing? I don't know what to call that. What it becomes? I wish it was a helix, but it's almost like yeah, he has his—he creates rings around himself. He has an air sphere that he's basically flying in, and then he like you know pulls, uh, he blasts fire out of all you know like five areas of him, and then like and create like creates a, a circle around or a ring of fire. Literally, he grabs <laughs> a bunch of like a bunch of pillars and compacts like constricts the bolt that rocks down like pressure like crunches like with gravity itself like just crushes it so yeah. that they are like you know hard and dense and then pulls like oceans and gallons of water i suppose seawater uh, around the sphere and yes creates this like energy or this this elemental sphere and oh man that shot before is just oh that's shot at oh, what is it now i think oh one or yeah oh one twelve twenty five Ooh, that's a, it's a haunting image right there. That guy's like pants to be darkened. <laughs> yeah, before we can see some more of that, yeah, super cool stuff. Let's cut back to Bossing Safe for a brief little, brief little moment. I mean, they've got so much to cover in this this last episode. They try to squeeze in as much as we can, and we see kind of the wrapping up of that that fight. We see King Boomy. He's been been acting like a little mole, hiding under the ground. And he pops back up to uh, take care of the tanks that are there in a pretty fun fashion. Yeah, out in this liberation of Bossing Say, we it's a you know it's a quick thing uh, where we we kind of saw the previous order of the Pie Show players uh, doing uh, doing their part beforehand. So we didn't really see what King Boomy was doing. Uh, and so you know here again, he cannot metal metal bend. I don't even know if metal bending is on his mind at all. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, he basically just starts creating, uh, starts erecting like these uh, catapults or just these you know pillars from the earth to spring upwards and sprung and starts launching all these tanks <laughs> into the air. And by the way, I love the fact that you can see their shadows. That's that's amazing. Um, yeah. That's that's really yeah. good detail, attention detail. But um, for you, Caleb, uh, if you remember, they took it down. But do you remember? In between Science World and BC Place, uh, if you're going along the Sky Train, do you remember how there was in the park area there was a bunch of vehicles stacked on top of one another? Oh, I have a vague recollection of this. When was this? 
this was like i don't know i mean this may have been the thing for like expo 86 but like this was there for years and then like eventually they took it down i think maybe nine years ago or sometime like that yeah i was gonna say i have a vague recollection of it but yeah i can't i can't fully crystallize it in my mind so it feels like it was a long time ago I know this is weird for anybody who doesn't live in the city, but like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, there, there was just basically, I don't know what car, I think it was like a bunch of lemons or something like that, but they, all these like used old cars and they stacked them on top of one another as like, I guess, visual art, which I think was cool. And then they took it down maybe because of it's a hazard for people <laughs> or like, which makes uh, fair enough, but like, still you guys could have reinforced this stuff for pit sakes, please. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe little kids would climb into it and get like rust cut. Or... No, no, no. This was so it was almost like a totem pole of of cars in a way. But I remember there was like I think a, oh oh you remember okay you remember this now I'm remembering it. Yes, nice. Okay, yeah. sweet. You remember this? Okay, good. So do you remember when they like took it, or at least you first noticed it was gone? Uh, I think if I'm thinking of the timeline correctly, I think I wasn't sky training as much back then. Okay, so I I may have not even noticed that it was gone until a long time later. Again, and other and, and for lines, I guess it's between Main Street, Science World, and then BC Stadium or Stadium Chinatown. Sorry, so like, not just like you know two landmarks, but literally like where the stations are. Yeah, I'm actually looking up to see when they close this thing. Yeah, because I love that. Uh, I guess visual art or just like display of art, art display. Excuse me. And they took it down. I mean, again, I'm assuming it was for you know reasons of being a public hazard at some point because it's like ah wouldn't these cars fall reinforce that anyway sorry trans am totem is that what it is i guess it oh I, yeah i didn't know the official name oh it says this piece was unveiled in 2015 okay well i'm and I'm, it was dismantled in 2021 to be reinstalled sometime in 2023 oh okay okay well we have two months left so i'm one, I'm happy I was proven wrong. Thank you for fact checking me. That's that's awesome. For some reason, I thought I was 86, but I didn't realize it was okay. I guess I'm conflating my own like memories of being a child and going on the Sky Train and seeing that. I thought it was older too. Yeah, but that's awesome that it's coming back. I guess they just had to like fix some stuff. But like, okay, okay, never mind. I take back everything. Yeah. Like, if, if they had to take it down temporarily, I can live with that. What's yeah? What's it called exactly? What's the official title it has? Uh, Trans Am Totem. Well, hey, uh, if you're in Vancouver and I guess next year, anytime soon, uh, yeah, visit the location I was telling you guys about and look up Trans Am Total Totem. Excuse me, because it's really cool. Obviously, not the greatest piece of art ever, but like, hey, I think it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, no doubt. No, no really cool engineering. Anyways, after that, yes. like, you know, funny trail or, you know, off topic tangent, Segway City back to this. Uh, I like the bit where like all the, again, a little bit of levity there where, uh, well, obviously stacking all these tanks on one on top of another might be levity. Uh, the fact that all the drivers come out, you know, like <sighs> they're like exhausted or like, all right, we give up white flag. We give up. Yeah. And we get a really impactful moment during this little tangent as we see Iroh kind of walking up to the the palace, the main, I guess, uh, home of government in the Earth Kingdom. At least I think that's where he is. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the innermost ring, I believe, of Bossing say. He's in there. Yeah, there you go. And he sees, uh, he sees what is it, uh, the, the Fire Nation banner uh, on top of the, I guess, the palace uh, symbol. And... Mm -hmm. 
for everything that has happened to him in his life, especially for the loss of his son that took place in the siege of Bossing Say, this is for him. And, you know, basically douses it in flames and removes the symbol of oppression and gives it back uh, to the people. Yeah. And before we can linger on that, that nice moment, it immediately jumps back to the fight. Like they're, they're really trying to squeeze everything in as best they can. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, but, but I really, I really liked the fact that we got that. I think that was as impactful as it could be with such a uh, short amount of screen time. As both creators said, they intended for Iroh not to actually fight. Like he did a, you know, his display of awesome power uh, by destroying the wall meaningful of course for, thematically for you know i guess bringing his character arc to a close with his destiny to liberate bossing say uh so they they said that kind of like i guess you know ultimately what we all think yoda is like um he does not really participate in the action uh and instead does goes to do something that is very personal to him and remove the tainted nature of the fire nation symbols yeah but then we have to cut back to the fight and now Aang is really pressing towards Ozai with his, uh, yeah, his fear of the elements, sphere of the elements, I should say. <laughs> there you go, and you know it's, yeah, um, it is. The tables have turned. Uh, now Ozai is fleeing in terror, like just like Aang's blasting him back. He's putting him on the offense. The just just one of his one of his rocks, one of his compressed rocks. By the way, he breaks it apart and launches it in a volley of yeah of just shards that like tears the entire landscape apart like we're talking 50 caliber rifle like ammunition here it's nuts yeah really crazy and really really spooky looking no he's he this is wrath this is like gaia's wrath or vengeance whatever you want to call it like it's it's coming and knocking to him yeah but then we have to cut back to a part of the episode that i was very much looking forward to them picking up on from the previous one and that is the the tables turned on the fight between Azula and Zuko. As we ended the last episode, we saw that she struck a, a hard blow on him as he was trying to protect Katara. So he he's still on the ground in pain. And now Azula's really putting the fight to Katara and just kind of playing with her. She's she's lying laughing maniacally. She's a megalomaniac. Yeah. That's what she is. Just like loving her power and loving you know, she's she's the person who would burn ants with a magnifying glass. Yeah, it's gonna say if she's a cat, like playing with a like a blind mole or something. Jeez, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, something I've seen, sadly. Uh, yikes. Um. So yeah, you 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 know she's making quips or whatnot, just sadistic quips of like, ah, sorry, you're not the family, the royal family physician. You only yeah. they can uh, be the ones to heal good old Zuzu. There, it's like good grief. And yeah, just blasting and taunting. Katara, she you know flees in terror, given that you know she's not given a chance to fight back. Yeah. By the way, I was I was super duper getting the feeling of playing a video game with her just in the background as she's attacking. It's like the end boss or maybe mid boss that's constantly just like yelling things at you. That's kind of what I was feeling in in some of the the line deliveries and some of the dialogue. <laughs> uh, she's lost her mind by this point. Like she's. Uh, yeah. she's off she's gone off the deep end as we say she's an old bat in the bell the old screwball anyways um so yeah the onslaught just you know she, she keeps driving katara back she keeps like pushing her back on the offensive back 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 
uh, until you know, and, and yeah, understandably so because her. I th- I feel like Katara would probably fare okay-ish, hopefully, but uh, without as uh, being enhanced, maybe not. But in this case, yeah, she has to definitely keep her distance and stumbles into a little vent and or not vent, but the grate from Aliens. Where there's a bunch of water beneath her, uh, where this grate is potentially, maybe, maybe a sewer line. I have no idea. Or it's an aquifer of some sort. Yeah, and she gets an idea, which I'm very pleased with. I'm very, I'm very happy and satisfied with how this conclusion will uh, occur. Me too, absolutely. And I love seeing her again, like I mentioned last time, doing her little frozone uh, technique. Just. Uh, yeah, what would you call it? like surfing on the waves? Uh, that's so cool. Oh, dude! Like not only not only that, like just not just surfing on the waves, but also doing the frozen thing of like uh, freezing the water and then just like sliding everywhere. Like that's yeah, no, yeah. That's, that is peak frozen right there. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And I did love the reveal of her just kind of falling onto this grate as a coincidence, and then looking down. Oh yeah, no. and then you see the wheels turning in her mind. That's great. It's it is yeah like and they set this up actually because this was apparently a, a location that they used in Zuko alone, uh, in the flashback sequences apparently. So that's oh. yeah that's 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 a they had the set piece from there before. So like that's ooh I like that when it's like something from like way before and wasn't even like set up fully properly. But it's like oh yeah I guess like that's here, uh, and yeah they just put it in there and. Oh, I, I sorry for gushing, but like I just love the conclusion to this. Oh, it's 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 so good, so so good, and I love when the attack finally does come and Azula thinks that she's got her like dead to rights there, and then Katara just with such a another fluid motion pulls up all the water and freezes it. It's so cool. It's pr- like and she did and for all intents and purposes at like oh one fifteen twelve, Katara's dead. Katara would have died. Uh, cause yeah. literally like face, like, like, you know, fingers like right at her nose, like she would have, I don't know if she would have zapped her or if she would have blasted her with fire, but like, yeah, she'd been like, you know, baked at 400 degrees Fahrenheit, if not worse. Oof. Right to the brain. Ugh. Does the, like, I, what I'm, you know, I think we've, I, I at least, no, I can't, I can't speak for my co-host here, but I know I've been a little bit like, like really realizing that you know katara out of nowhere got like all of a sudden she like kind of became a master out of nowhere it's like okay all right all right like i'm not saying she can't but just like in, in like very short amount of time I'm like all right hang on a second here uh yeah. there's just more to that there's not like there's more to just being like you know called master or anything like that uh i love that we end kind of her last display of you know water bending animation wise for now uh, with a very simple technique of pulling the water up from beneath her. Mm-hmm. It is very similar to when in episode th- four in Warriors of Kyoshi back in book one, where when the Unagi, I believe, was, was you know, attacking Aang or Aang, you know, got knocked out. This is so, sorry if this is like way back there. But she's all she did was just push. All she did was push herself with the water and got away. Same exact thing, same principle, and I love that. So I give full on praise to uh, the creators or whoever it was who came up with this set piece. This was <laughs> not contrived in any way and is just brilliant. Yeah, and I, I love. Uh, While well, she has the two of them frozen, she just 
unfreezes herself and then takes that chain that she saw as part of her plan and she uses it to uh yeah lock up azula and disarm her in that way and as we see her pull all the kind of melts all the water around we see all these little globs of ice falling down and if you look really closely you can see one of them is uh a Barbie head that's been pulled off and yeah, it looks kind of dirty. Oh no, not Casey. I think it was, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's what Newt's doll was named <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Casey. Goodbye. Looks in the water. Head. No, now we got to go to the alien hive. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. We got to go under the atmospheric processing station. Anyways, I have to rescue Newt. That's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, no, it's just her tying Azula up, and hopefully she's uh, she's hopefully she went to sailor school as well, because like man, like you gotta be able to, those, those sailors, man, they know how to tie knots, and hopefully she's able to hold Azula down in that case, but binding her. But no, she immediately goes over to uh, Zuko and yeah, begins the process of healing him, and yep, he's gonna make it. Uh, yeah, may have another scar to add to his collection, but. Yeah, he's yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, and then the two of them, they they kind of just step over and look at Azula. And, you know, maybe they would feel like gloating normally, you know, there's always a little touch of humor in this show. But looking at her like a like a caged animal at this point, she's just flailing around in rage. She's screaming and puffing out her blue flames. It's just another just really sad moment for Azula. And this is the last image of her that we see in this this series too of her flailing around. And I was like, "Oh man, what a what a sad state for this this poor girl who just got yeah misguided and abused from from who was raising her." It's even worse than that. It's not the fact that what we see from like how Zuko and Katara just have like pity for her and just like you know looking at her and how broken she is and you know how how like tweaking tweaking out she is and wigging out oh, no. <laughs> it's the fact that from azula's perspective look at who's next to zuko a, a friend like the fact that they embrace mm. just like crushes her soul and her being because it's the word it's the thing very thing that she doesn't want to see the fact that this older brother that she has loathed her entire life and has had the better of her it doesn't matter if he did beat her in the end, which we'll, we'll talk about that later. But it doesn't matter if she, he like he may have bested her, been the better in in this like encounter. It's the fact that he has a friend by his side, and she has literally nobody. Yeah. So that's why she breaks down in tears and just starts going a wall and yeah, just losing it. Yeah, very, very sad little image there. It's yeah, it's it's ugly. It's yeah, it's ugly. So definitely the way to end that. I'll say that. Huh. And then it's yeah, right back to the battle. And now yeah, Aang really is on the offensive and it's time for Ozai to be running away. Uh, a reversal from the previous episodes. I mean Reverse of Fortune. Yeah, we get this interesting CGI shot of, of them. It's almost like Ozai's POV as he's zooming through. I don't know if we needed that shot. It's kind of cool, but I don't know if we needed that one. Ambitious, but hey, not a... Yeah. Fair enough. And yeah, Aang, he, he is just... He's throwing all the elements of this guy, and Ozai is just 
Yeah, he's not doing well at all. <laughs> the entire series has been a chase. The Fire Nation has been chasing after Aang to get his head, to capture him, to whatever. Now it is time for Aang, or at least the Avatar, to strike back. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they do a good job. I mean, I liked how they were integrating all the elements last time, but it feels scaled up a lot here, and especially with Aang and that sphere of them. It's, yeah, really, really good use of the, the powers. You know, taking two giant columns and, you know, protecting himself from Ozai's attacks to then launching five simultaneous avatar blasts, by the way. So that's how, so that's how uh, a uh, fire or yeah, an air avatar would get inside Roku's temple on fire temple Island. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, and it's homing missiles. He basically launches homing missiles uh, at, at uh, Ozai. And because they start following him. So it's like either he's remotely controlling them or they just have a mind of their own. But that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you think uh, what what Aang will be after this this series ends as as he progressed into a master. Like, man, that's that's intimidating. <laughs> 13, by the way, he's well either 112 or 113 years old by this point. So it's like unless, <laughs> yeah. unless he dies of old age, like real old age, like the he's. He's got a whole lifetime to master these elements now, which is because he seems to be on the offensive. So it's like he can't lose. Right. Um, and yeah, just all his displays of any any other like uh, I, I don't obviously keep, you know, saying or repeating what we're seeing on screen. But just, yeah, the the ostentatious and offensive powers and capabilities that he does displays against Ozai is just, yeah, it's it's kind of satisfying and it's cathartic. Yeah, and I really like the way that he finally catches him. Because we see that Ozai has always been using these little uh, kind of flame uh, projectors to make him go forward, to fly around. And we just see Aang spinning around his hand to use the, the air to, to put out that flame. And then uses like a water whip to grab him, grab him by the foot. I, I think that that was just really well done as well. It looks so cool. It's not even it's not even that. If, if Aang had like either the Avatar is holding back, like the Avatar state is holding back going like you know going because i think he could outpace uh ozai he all he has to do really is just you know maybe he's like continuing the chase it's like in i don't know it's like in a video game where all you gotta do is maybe wait for the target to like either lose gas or lose energy or or whatever get to a certain distance it's all, all the avatar state has to do is wait for the comet to leave and then ozai won't be able to like you know yeah. self-propel himself uh, with his jet propulsion. So that's that's hilarious. But no, instead, yeah, he just extends his reach outwards with the elements and just grabs him by the foot and just like tosses him, like literally ragdolls him. Yeah, slams him. I just completely ragdolls him. And plus, he could take out Ozai given the fact that he had, like he sent a blast of air towards a column of rock. Imagine that compressed air aimed at a human body. Yeah, we saw it just like eat through it, like as if it aged 20 years of having the wind blow it. Oh, dude, complete and utter erosion. Like that's how the Grand, that's how the, well, okay, it was also like water, but that's how the, uh, so the Grand, uh, the Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon was, was formed. Yeah, and spoilers, I was listening to the commentary today and they said they shot an alternate ending where we see Aang just, yeah, completely erode, yeah, Ozai here and he's just bones in the end with. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Oh man. Oh boy. Okay. Then. Just kidding. Uh, anyways. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What was this? April Fool's Day? Um, it was like an opposite day, and all for a fact. But I mean, finally, like he, like you said, he finally like you know grabs him, like water whips him almost in a way, and just like tosses yeah. him towards a, a column, top of a column, and take it away. Oh man. Oh, uh, he's laid out flat, and you know he's he's just kind of catching catching up. Maybe he was dazed by the the hit. And the, the Avatar State Aang traps all of his limbs in with uh, with rock, little rock uh, yeah, manacles. And then in a super intense uh, voice with, I guess, all the, the Avatars echoing in from the past. We are Legion. Yeah, they're, they're like, you and your forefathers, and they messed up the balance. And you're the one that's going to have to pay the toll to get things back in order. And the toll is, is your life. <laughs> Like literally the that his fate and it's before as well, but like oh one eighteen twenty nine. This is literally like I said. This is the boogeyman. This is the thing that could that will prevent you know the Fire Nation from continuing their crusade. Um, yeah, the the thing that maybe kept Sozin and Azulon up at night. Uh, just stories of what the Avatar could do and be. Well, fair enough. This uh, this be it. It be happening finally. Yeah, and he stretches out this this long, extended, kind of uh, like a spear of all the elements, and he sends it down in this little blade form, heading right towards Ozai. He is going to literally, like, show Ozai some Old Testament stuff. That's what I'm telling you. Like, fire and brimstone. Yeah, and we even see Ozai break. He, he screams like a... Yeah, he's terrified. He knows the death's about to come. And then we see Aang's hand and the glowing of the Avatar state fades. And yeah, this this is a great moment. And again, slipping in a little bit of humor as we see as the, the blade is about to collide in. It just ends up being a splash of water in the face. Yeah, no. Uh, and very subtle, very subtle, by the way. Like, there's no shot of Aang being like, teehee. Nope, not this, yeah. not this time. Uh, it's, it's yeah, the, the state is gone. The state is, is finally uh exhausted either exhausted but is timed out or whatever or ang took control again yeah yeah he just and and i love the look on his face he just seems he had a loss for words he's just like i don't know maybe not at peace or just not sulky don't worry he's not he's not that but he's just like he accepts his place right now he's resolute his past avatars had told him this is the only path forward in a way they were in this point taking control of him and you know, enacting what they think is is what needs to happen, and the first word that Ang says as he gets to the Avatar state is no, and that he's not gonna not gonna end it like that. So yeah, he's telling him, "I'm the one, I'm the one embodying the Avatar right now, and how this ends is up to me." And I think that's really impactful. I'm in control, and again, uh, Ozai is the opportunist in this case. Like every every <laughs> time, like doesn't matter. Like you know, he is. Yeah. Uh, twice. This is the second time where. You know, he's, he's been, you know, he's on all fours. He's, he, he or at least he's, you know, uh, is in the, uh, in a dangered state where he could be, you know, killed and spared again by this deity almost. And yeah, takes the opportunity of like, I, I have to. And so goes literally after Aang, but. Oh man. <laughs> oh, this is for, for me, this is, this is great. Um, yes. Cause this is weird, but as a. As a person who practices blind jujitsu, mm. um, where you do jujitsu, 
but with your eyes closed the entire time, this is when you're like, you, you lock up a rear naked choker and arm bar uh, with your eyes closed like this. And you got to that position with your eyes closed from the beginning of the match uh, or a sparring session. That is, this is like, like peak cosmic awareness, but obviously it's just ang seismic senses. Yes. I love that little, little nod to Toph in her training form, seeing that yeah, it's not just the avatar state that can end this. It's also that he has learned to pretty good proficiency the the bending stuff that he's been practicing. Even though he's been slacking off, he still got got it down enough to take this guy down. I mean, we did see it technically back in the runaway. He was, you know, we we saw uh, him practicing that um, early yep. on, if you remember. So it's not it didn't come out of nowhere. It was set up. Yeah, and which would with each blow that this weasel fire lord or phoenix king sends toward Aang. Ang just again imprisons his limbs, locks him up in the uh, the rock manacles. Again, similar to his uh, his daughter and what um and what Katara does to her. Yeah, yeah, disarms them. Except he's he's like Fire Lord is is completely like in yeah he's he's in control of himself. He he you know as as uh, megalomaniac as he is and maniacal and you know. <laughs> Yeah, what is it like superiority complex and and all that stuff? He's still in control of his emotions, so he's not going to back down. So, yeah, it's going to take something more to change his being. Mm. Something ethereal. Yes, very much so. As Aang brings him down to his knees, splays his hands out behind him, and yeah, then puts his his hands on himself, but not in a way of violence, but in more of a way to. I guess connect to his chi. I think. Would you say that that's what he's what he's doing there? Oh, that's I think exactly what he's doing. For he is the same technique almost that um, the swamp bender, I forget his name, do uh, kind of you know showcase mm. to Aang where he could. Which I seriously wish he you know use that again. Um, mm. You know to to connect to all life and find Appa and or his friend. Excuse me. Didn't do that with Oppa, I just realized. Um, huh. Or did he? Um, he does so by, as you said, yeah, connecting with Ozai's yeah, inner being, his his energy form. And we get a flashback to a scene that had happened, but I guess another set of words that our good old friend the Lion Turtle bestowed upon Aang. Mm, I was going to ask. I, I meant to rewatch that episode. But I was like, I feel like they left, uh, maybe they cut away before we got these couple last lines from the lion turtle. <laughs> that is indeed the case. Yeah, it, it did seem like he said two different things unless he was speaking in two different tongues. I, I definitely do not know. Or if this is what was in his, this is the message he was heeding upon Aang um, with his, uh, when he, I guess, you know, bestowed Aang with this knowledge. Yeah, and this, this imagery... Oh man, did this stick in my brain? This this was really something. As we see Aang with his his hand on Ozai's forehead and his chest, he looks up, and his face, his eyes, and his mouth just splay out this this blue light, and then it just starts to to take over him to consume him. And Ozai looks horrified as his eyes do the same. <laughs> I even felt bad slightly for Ozai there. I was like, oh man, he's stuck somewhere that he uh, as just a regular mortal does not belong. <laughs> We have taken ourselves into a battle within the spirits. 
Yeah. In fact, if not even on a different plane of existence, beyond the spirit realm itself, for we're dealing with our own souls. Battle of souls by this point. Yikes. Literally almost duel of the fates. Um, as <laughs> both characters break down, think it's not like, you know, certain last episodes of certain anime where they run out of money and all of a sudden it becomes anime or the oh, man. last ep- sorry last episode of Evangelion not just the end of Evangelion but like you know where they where it basically becomes the battle of the center of the mind it kind of is that but this was intentional yeah you went right to the place I was going to go it's like oh it's the end of the Godzilla anime where it comes down to yeah making the choice to not kill and to, to choose a better path and to choose a better path for uh Oza here as he decides for him that mm, this whole bending thing, that's ah, not working out for you. Give me a bit of an ego. Maybe that lion turtles give me some other other ways to uh yeah, bring your ego down a little bit. No, yeah, giving him a power complex almost. I do love the image when straight directly in the middle of the screen we have the blue on one side yep. and the, the kind of orange on the other. Complete looks great. Complete duality yeah. of the two characters. Yeah. Yeah, and then Aang as we hear the, the lion turtle discussing over it, like, Oh, you know, someone who's, whose energy, internal energy is so unbendable. You know, that's the only person that could pull this kind of technique off because, you know, if, if your, your spirit isn't strong enough, you could easily be as corrupted as the person that you're uh, melding with. And we see Ang being taken over by the, the yellow or sorry, the, the orange flame. And again, just super st- stunning imagery, just, I, I can't imagine seeing this as a kid. This would have been so much. Yeah, I see as a child. <laughs> I kind of wish I had seen it as a kid to be like, what the heck did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it would definitely stick with you for a long time after. But uh, we end with a, oh no, it's a, bl- a blue energy beam in the sky. Not again. Uh, Son of a yeah. gun. Uh, it always Where's the Chachari? Oh no, the Chachari enter. <laughs> Oh, that stinks. But yeah, it seems as though, yeah, it's uh, Aang is overcome. uh, As you said, yeah, Aang overcomes Ozai's spirit, his vengeful spirit, and purifies, I guess, his being. Potentially, with what results of that? Well, it was successful, but what he did, I have no clue. Yeah, I guess he, he went to the core of who Ozai was which was wrapped up in, in their bending. I guess whatever the bending is, is some connected part of their spirit. And I guess he took it with him as he exited him. Just stripped that from him. Yes, took. Yeah, I don't know how he did that or knew that he <laughs> knew how to do it, but but it's something. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Um, but yes, as as Caleb mentions, Elzai, you know, again, done with these tricks. He's, he's done with all of Aang's nonsense and... You know, dancing around the fact that they're in a eternal battle locked with a, a struggle and going to, you know, murder each other. And he goes to murder Aang again with his firebending, with a bat, like, you know, with a, with a punch. Nothing comes out. Mm. Oh, ho. What do we have here? Yeah. And he, Mark Hamill, I think, is great during so much of this, this last episode. But when he's asking, like, well, what did you do to me? I think that there's a lot there, a lot of impact in his delivery. Huh. I took away your firebending. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you robbed me of, in some way, my personhood. This is so wrapped up with who I am. I mean, how could you ever really move forward after that? Someone like Ozai losing such a pivotal part of themselves—that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, took the very thing that 
like gave Ozai power in every sense and is now stripped him down to immortal, you know, a, a deity almost coming in here and being like, nope, that ain't happening to just, you know, you are now mortal again. Good grief. The power this kid has. Yeah. <laughs> and fully displays that as well. Again, where we see, you know, oh, man. conducting a chorus almost. He's conducting an orchestra. As he breathes in and, you know, looking in front of, you know, all the destruction around the landscape as, you know, the fire benders or the fire nation singed, you know, the landscape to, you know, pave the way for the new fire nation. Um, we see him, you know, breathe in deeply and we see a glow, but only for a second. Yeah. A split second, a glow. And he does these you know, very, very slow, but... You can feel the weight behind the movements to bring in the sea, to push and pull, to raise the waters, to um, evaporate and not evaporate, sorry, to extinguish all the flames. Oh, and at 012149, you can clearly see on the ships, uh, the remainder of ships that didn't blow up, all the crew members on board on top of the blimp. So that's just a little <laughs> moment there for that. But yes, uh, with the brief power he gets from the avatar state again, Aang singes out all of uh, the fires. And I think that is a very good display. First step potentially in him going into a larger world and the fact that he may or may not have control over the state. Yeah, that was really interesting that he could just harness it completely but without letting it really come into him. It was almost like he just yeah, tapped in and took what he needed yep. and then went back out. And the best part is that it wasn't for anything offensive. It was defensive. He was using it to heal or at least to extinguish, to prevent you know, any further injury and or damage. So I think that was a, a good display of his power there. Yeah, and so powerful that it's almost like he moves the moves it because where he, where the water used to be it's like it, it ends up like drying up and he just shifted where the water was i, th I thought it was i thought it just like he, he like pushed it in and, or he pulled it in and then he like let it push itself back out like he took control of the water and then he let go and then all the water just uh, drained back into the ocean yeah i know i guess you're right it, the the version i was watching earlier the next netflix version the the image quality was so poor that it, it looked <laughs> It did not look like that when I watched earlier, but now I can see it clearly. Jeez, even on your uh, even on your 4K TV, uh, it's it's an old TV rip, and oh man, uh, com complete with the commercial breaks and the sound quality is much more poor. Man, and yeah, all around the edges of characters, you can see all these like pixelation lines. It's very very poor quality on Netflix. I wonder if my DVDs on a four on a 4K player and a 4K TV would look better than that, eh? Yeah, I don't know, I. I don't know. I don't know if it was like such an old copy that it's sub even like standard def. Jeez. But it's very low quality. <laughs> I, I do wonder if uh, I would hope that if this is on Paramount Plus or wherever, if this is on digital streaming, I'm pretty sure it's on there, right? Um, I hope they, you know, I don't know, update or, you know, have it to the standard that we have on our Blu rays. Yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, the, the Blu rays look just just great really really look great very very so. good um but as he ends his first step into a larger world uh and using the force or the avatar state excuse me um <laughs> oh no he uh he's rejoined once again by his fellow 
um, compatriots, Momo. Yeah, for another just just great image. Yeah, the the two of them standing over that and you know, looking off to their future and the deed that they just just accomplished. I wonder. I do wonder what Momo is doing. Is he just flying around like in terror, like, "Oh no, my my poor buddy, what's going to happen to him?" Well, he's, I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember Ang said to him in the last episode, "Yeah, go find, go find someplace safe. Like it's not safe for you here." So obviously, uh, either he joined all those other aviary creatures, um, you know, and fl- fleeing in terror. Although not in this case, terror. Maybe there's a comic in there somewhere where it's like he, uh, <laughs> where he like you know leads a bunch of the, uh, or at least you know calms and quells the worries of all the uh, little birds there or you know aviary creatures um to be like all right, he rouses he rounds them up and is like all right we're gonna go this way we're gonna avoid all this damage so it's like an american tale i was about to say tune in for the lost adventure comic when we see momo's story of this finale <laughs> yeah as he's saving the birds and maybe a bird's nest groovy <laughs> that would be cool I, I that would be a fun little like strip comic strip yeah there's some fan fiction for you anyways <laughs> But either way, now that everything's been solved, it's time for uh, the the closest members of the gang, with Suki, Sokka, and Toph, to uh, to come by and congratulate Aang on his uh, success and amazing fighting abilities against the Fire Lord. Yeah, as we also see the uh, comet, you know, slowly uh, fade away, or at least you know, uh, leave. But yeah, no, Sokka's, you know, all animated and happy. Good to see Aang again, by the way. I'm surprised they all didn't, like, you know, give him a big hug because it's like, Aang, where the hey were you? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, I was, I was places. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> maybe, oh, golly. Uh, 01, 22, 43. That's a, that's a face right there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, he basically animates the, or gives a whole script. If you miss the... <laughs> So kids, if you missed the original broadcast of this uh, back in the day, Sokka just basically gave you a whole like, you know, quick, um, quick summary of the fight itself. Yeah. Could you imagine that a kid who had like, you know, they, they had to go to the bathroom or something like that, or they, their parents called the, them away from the TV. And so they missed the entire fight. And it's like, wait, what happened? Like, how did Zuko beat or sorry, how did um, Aang beat Ozai? that would suck i mean i guess that was me as well because i never really found out until later on yeah but but i i I don't find sokka's uh they definitely try to find their moments for humor here i don't find sokka's bit particularly humorous but what i do find funny is suki coming over and just looking at the fire lord uh, his body on the ground she's like well ang uh you know did you did you finish the job and she's probably looking for wounds like oh you know i don't see any entry wounds he doesn't seem particularly burned up i thought that was kind of funny that she's going over to like pork poke the corpse almost yeah just be like is and the fact that she herself is standing within like the person that has caused a lot of pain and suffering for a lot of people in the world not just him of course but you know the, the a figurehead as well um mm-hmm. so she cannot believe her eyes when ang didn't rip his throat out um and then of course yeah it was like goes i'm still alive and she just yeah like <laughs> oh one twenty two fifty three where she's like mm, oh boy yeah just the kind of stunned retreat internal retreat <laughs> and then when ang they're like oh like well, what what's going on here ang like uh you know he doesn't seem dead should uh Sokka lost his sword so we don't know what to do about this and then ang's like well you know i took away his bending and everyone's just stunned like <laughs> like beg your pardon there even momo at like oh one twenty three oh two is like huh he did what now <laughs> um Especially when he says, like, wait, 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 it's like, where the hey did you learn that? Oh, you know, giant lion turtle. 
on the back of like or no a giant lion turtle and has like four elephants on it and has discworld on it i butched the entire thing of how that worked but sorry oh, no. i had to i had to get that reference in there somehow um to which toff's like you know the craziest adventures when you disappear putting a pin in that which i thought was quite cute i like her little head shake at that yeah, just like shake her head shakes her head and then Sokka, you know, now that uh, the Fire Lord's been Fire Lord's been disarmed, it's time for him to lay in some some insults and just humiliate the guy further in his moment of defeat, and rightfully so. Oh, he has a bunch of these. He has a bunch of these that he's been written down. He's been saving. He's like both him and Toph are about to go Statler and Wardolf or Dolph on their on his rears. Yeah, ever since they got out of the uh, the Ember Island Players show. He's been writing out some new lines. He's like, oh, I'm going to rewrite this show and make it better and more funny. And and now he's just ad-libbing some of the, the lines that he had from his script. See, I may not be Avatar <laughs> in this world, but I am the Avatar in the Umber Island players. There you go. Yeah. And the poor Fire Lord, he he wants to get up and maybe slap that that smug look off Sokka's face. But he's so he's been so defeated, he just falls right over. And Toph gets in some licks, too, while she has a chance. Oh, she kicks him when he's down. Just like, you know, fire Phoenix King who gets his butt whooped. Yeah. The only one who couldn't uh, couldn't get it was Suki. You know, writing, she was never great at that or ad-libbing or being particularly clever. J- just a good fighter. That's all. Yeah, leave the humor to uh, Sokka and Toph there, honey, as she, as she says. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and that's when we see the comic finally depart. And this is a really beautiful image of just seeing, like, the world resettle. It almost seems like there's a little bit of a time jump there as we see the the place of this this epic battle just kind of settle back into history. But yeah, after that, uh, everything seems to be wrapping up. And now we're entering the, the stage of the episode that's kind of the kissing goodbye to the rest of the series as we, we cut back to the, the Fire Nation capital and we see Zuko, I guess, I guess it's the following day and he's kind of coming to terms with today I'm going to be crowned the new Fire Lord and taking some time to himself. I don't know if it's the, okay, I'm not saying this is three months later, but I, I don't, I like to think this is maybe like a week or two later. Like it did take them a while to assemble all this, especially with the amount of people that show up at the end. I'm kind of like, I wish I'm going to go with like, it's been (laughs) at least like some time has passed, not a day later. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I I only say that because I, when I first saw the image of them, the sun setting on the uh, the setting of the, the big battle, it looked like uh, I took it as some time had passed, but really we only see the the sun go down, and then the next time we see the sun up, it's Zuko essentially getting ready to take the throne. So <laughs> it was convenient because the Susan's comet came during the night, at least on that side of the planet. Um, like it was skimming mm-hmm. the the atmosphere uh, while it was uh, nighttime, or when the Earth was turned away from the sun at that point. So it was actually lighting the night up uh, with its with its uh, I guess friction with the atmosphere but it was really nice the whole time so i could definitely see that i mean again maybe maybe it is a day later but i'd like to believe and imagine it's been maybe at least more than three days yeah agreed Uh, so some extra time would be good because i mean who's going around freeing uh may here (laughs) yeah hi may how you uh how you doing (laughs) how you hanging how's the hanging bun bud and oh man you know, we, we've we've discussed some of the uh, the flaws in their relationship, but, but they're both flawed people. You know, they've had their struggles, and they're both teenagers. And so, ultimately, when we get this kind of uh, 
yeah, final romantic scene with them. I actually think it's super sweet, and I, I appreciate that they're ending off Zuko's character. Not only not only has he found internal peace, but he's found a, a partner to, to move forward with. I think that's great. Yeah, um, it's definitely not going to be wrapped up here. Uh, for, for us, it is, but obviously... <laughs> I guess yeah. their uh, their story begins because uh, that's that's really what this epilogue and our like conclusion is about. It's not just endings; it's also beginnings for yes. a lot of people. So that's I think that's definitely that's you know it's like the end of a New Hope in a way, where even though it was the end of that movie, it was the beginning of a whole new journey for those people. Um, but yeah, no, this, this starts off <laughs> just with yeah these two. Maybe apparently uh, the both both creators were like. Yeah, we know that a lot of people weren't excited, or at least you know did this this uh, this relationship didn't really work well with everybody. But we liked ending it in this in this situation or the way it ended here. Well, maybe maybe people would have gotten more on board if Zuko wasn't such a toxic boyfriend in that uh, the beach. There is that too. So you're not wrong. There. <laughs> so it's kind of their fault. Yeah. Um, but I still think it's sweet. I, I I I like her tone in this, and she says that she actually likes him. You know, she used to be like, oh, you know, I, I don't dislike you. I don't, I don't not hate you or something like that. Tolerate you. So to see this and then their kiss in the, the sunlight, I think it's quite a nice little moment there. I, I, I actually really like that. Yeah, no, uh, especially when she's like, but don't ever break up with me again. Only I get to do that. Okay. I see who's the driving force in this relationship. Yeah. And then we get this little zoom out of the two of them hugging and the way that they kind of give like a white fade to the backgrounds, it's almost like uh, it's almost like it's like an outside of the episode moment of just like, oh, imagine these characters frozen here. You know, that's the impression I got with them. Interesting. Almost putting a white for the background. Yeah, for Does enough. that make sense? <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, like, I could you give a, maybe a, a, an example of what you also mean for, with something else? I, I just more mean like it's uh, we're supposed to take that their love, you know, keeps going forward. It's like this moment of them uh, hugging and being bonded together. The way that they faded out in the white, it just it was actually making me think a little bit of the tales of Bossing Say. I never kind of do that thing. Ah, okay, okay. So. Good example. Yeah, that that's just the impression I got. I don't I don't know exactly why I feel that way, but <laughs> but I thought it was very pretty either way. Well, that's a good uh, yeah, no good analogy there, or at least good good example. Um, I didn't really feel too much about that. Just like you know, it was a tender moment, so we kind of end in like a soft fade to white uh, instead. Like you know, it's a very gentle transition to the next scene, uh, which is you know, crowd gathering uh, for something and. <laughs> Also got to mention this, how at like 01, 24, 31, we see the Duke. Sweet. Yeah. One, hat, one third of the Stone Temple pilots. Nice to see them again. Uh, with the, you know, there's the hippo, there's Pipsqueak, and we see the boulder as well in the background there. Uh, hugging <laughs> Toph and the creators were, of course, being like ship teasing, like, oh. The Duke, like the Duke's hugging top, like, hey, hey, guys. Oh no, come on. Hey, them not me. Okay, them not me. They're like, what a bunch of geeks. Yeah, (laughs) she's like, who does that all day? Like, she spends a whole video speculating on like relationships. Oh yeah, shippers. Yeah, no, they don't exist. They don't exist. Um, where they were like, oh, their couple name is Tuke. Oh, they did not say that, did they? (laughs) 
either either like Doff or or Duke. It's like or uh, Tuke, excuse me. Like, oh no! <laughs> what a bunch of geeks. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> um, but much more uh, um, cute and more earned uh, reunion as we see the two uh, the two the two siblings, Sok and Katara, meeting up with their father one, once again. And he says he's the proudest father in the world after hearing about what they've done. Oh, that 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 hits. Uh, by the way, ever since this, the Zuko and May uh, hug scene and then onward. Oh, boy, is this the welling up finale for me? <laughs> Multiple pockets of, yeah, just the, the strong emotions during all this. <laughs> all right. Who left an entire like cart- carton and or barrel full of onions here? <laughs> It was uh, Brian and Michael. You guys, how did you get in here? Like we thought we locked you up or I thought we locked this whole place up just for this like entire so, like we got nobody in the bar today. Oh, this speak easy, excuse me. Get out of here. What are you guys doing? Yeah, see it was getting a little bit hot, so I opened the windows and it turns out that's where they put them. They wheeled them right by the windows there. Jeez, so. Utter like complete ultra maroons and doofuses. How dare they? <laughs> Any Akota also adds, just for just to get those tears uh, pulled out a little bit more, he says, and your mother would be would have been proud too. Yeah. It's like, oh man, come on! <laughs> First it was Zuko and Uncle Iroh uh, reuniting together, and now it's this. Like, oh please, stop, stop with this. My heart can't take it. Yet, warning: if you have a weak heart, don't watch this ending. Oh yes, many people wound up in the hospital during the airing of this finale. Oh, you're gonna yeah. get like going to cardiac arrest or rest or something like that. It's yeah, we do not advise like if you've watched the entire series up to this point, do not watch this episode if you are yeah. if faint of heart or anything like that, or if you have like Aunt May syndrome of having like just all of a sudden just being like frail and old or something like that. Sixties uh, version, by the way. Uh just like out of nowhere she has dizzy spells and I was like, do not watch this ending. Please do not. There you go. But um, to follow up that cute moment, um, Sokka and his his recent uh, girlfriend, Suki, returns. But now she's paired up with her friends. Another reunion as the rest of the Kyoshi warriors have arrived to uh, to greet her. And she's back in full uh, Kyoshi warrior regalia. So that's kind of nice to see. Well, I guess Sokka still has that harem of uh, of females following him. Good grief. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of which, as we see that Tylee is uh, in prison, she bonded with the Kyoshi Warriors. Didn't she used to have a little bit of a crush, halfway crush on, on Sokka? No, I think she still does. I'm fairly certain. Wait, that's Tylee. Yeah, so now that you say that, maybe maybe her and uh, Yasuki, yeah, maybe there's going to be some some feuding going on in the future. Wait, <laughs> that's Tylee in Kyoshi garb? What the hey? Yeah, she even makes mention how she used to uh, dress up that way in in Boston Sage, she's like, oh yeah, that's right. Learned how to put on the makeup, and yeah, May taught me. She was also dressed up in that that way. So I don't know if that sparks any memories for you, but so, anyways, we got a Zuko and Ang. Oh man, oh geez, yeah, take it away, take it away. I can't even speak. Uh, apparently, <laughs> this was uh, added after the fact because they were like, when they were you know doing the storyboarding and all that stuff, they're like, wait a minute, we don't have a scene where Ang speaks at all. Like, we need him to like because. Basically, after he like you know says he took away Ozai's bending and 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 that it's like he doesn't speak for the rest of the episode. Oh wow! Yeah, that uh, hmm. 
yeah, that that speaks to speaks to something. But yeah, we'll we'll keep going. We'll keep oh yeah, going. don't worry. Uh, so we see him in a very younger version of the monks, the uh, air nomads uh, attires. Their their monk garb, uh, very beautiful. Uh, I I assume he probably went to one of the temples to retrieve it. I know I definitely know he did not have that on hand the entire time. That would be. Uh, I'd call that like pulling out of, uh, pulling it out of the writer's rear there out of nowhere. But yeah, he looks. Yeah. Like a certain sandal that somehow Zuko had out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, like this moment between the two of them and, you know, <laughs> all of the retrospection of, you know, a year ago, as Zuko said, my only purpose in life was to find you. And, you know, oh, man, bring you over to restore myself, my 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 honor. And now we're friends, Zang says. Oh, man, where's the tissue box? <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not been replaced with sandpaper because that would suck. Yeah. And then they're like, the world's so different now. But Zuko says, well, we will rebuild it together. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah no it's and, and and also mentioning yeah a year ago i was you know an icicle i was an angsicle excuse me <laughs> yeah and their little hug and and then they go through the uh they go through the curtains and they're heading out to the audience and yeah the camera crew starts following them from behind yeah yeah or maybe i'm just thinking wrestling my bad uh well yeah potentially um no they're walking down a hallway darn it it's outside well i guess it was outside in the <laughs> at the end as well but like now they they walk down a hallway to be presented medals. Oh wait, wrong movie. Um, yeah, and Momo doesn't get his medal. Yeah, I don't know why. Until episode nine. <laughs> oh no. Um, so we have four nations. Air quotes. Um, we have, I guess, selected individuals from the Fire Nation. We have some from the Water Tribe. Maybe the men who fought in the war. We have people from the Earth Kingdom, and we have the Foggy Swamp. Uh, folks or tribe excuse me mm. uh and then obviously some of the main basically the main cast and players in the front yeah and first the new fire lord uh comes out to greet his audience but he's like oh you know the real hero here isn't me it's this this avatar behind me so come on out avatar and say hello to your adoring fans and oh man I, that moment as well just just hit just hit cheers and everything and we pan over to katara as i guess lock eyes yeah she's she's staring and she's never seen ang looks so so great in his wonderful outfit and zuko pronounces that the war is over to uh thunderous applause peace (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say today democracy isn't dying with thunderous applause it's actually (laughs) I don't know. Stupid Star Wars. Anyway, um, yeah, it's you know the road. Uh, I love the the yeah. I think you know I like the yeah. Why not the the, the he gives a rousing speech about you know we've had a hundred years of fighting and now the road mm-hmm. ahead is going to be very difficult. You can see that again. Yeah, but he says with the Avatar's help, they'll get it back on the right path, and yeah, new era is going to come of peace and love, and yeah, it's it's nice to think that. Instead of a Fire Lord driven by just wanting to, to conquer and for their own ambition, this time the Avatar and him will work together to build a future. I think I think that's great. One of coexistence and cohabitation 
where we're not all fighting each other uh, for supremacy over one another. Of course, that isn't always the case, but hey, oh, sorry. Oh, slip of the tongue there. Uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> ex- extending the olive branch out. He's his, his, um, his statement, his, his initial, you know, game plan is yeah. For cohabitation and coexistence. Yeah, and a fire sage creeps creeps in from the corner. He's got the little uh, the flame crown, and Zuko bends down so he can put it on his head. And they they step forward together and look at their their audience, and we fade away. It is definitely a fitting end with the fact that the Fire Lord and the Avatar started this war, mm-hmm. and now they end the war. That definitely was uh, full circle and well, um, well written. Absolutely, yeah, great, great symmetry there. And since you mentioned that old Fire Lord, we do have to see that, uh, yeah, the new Fire Lord Zuko apparently not needing security to you know wander around. I guess it is peacetime now. Essentially, he wanders off to the same prison where his uncle used to be held, and. Maybe even the same cell. I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering that too, if it is the uh, exact same cell. And there now, we don't get a scene with him and Azula, which I really wish that we would have. Maybe it's on a bonus feature somewhere. But instead, he goes in to see his father. And again, I, I, I quite like Mark Hamill during this scene. I think he's really sells that defeated kind of kind of element. And the animation as well just looks so good. Loss of identity. He doesn't doesn't know what to do with his life for the first time he's not in control he's he doesn't have control over everybody um he doesn't have uh the power to um blackmail people or, or whatever or intimidate he's yeah. just a, a helpless man a helpless man who had all the power in the world ripped away from him yeah and so you know in comes uh, <laughs> to be blessed by the presence itself himself of the fire lord um Izuko goes in there yeah his own son that he treated like dirt abused and and cast aside now returning to him in his in his position <laughs> as the new fire lord and who's there to not necessarily gloat but like come to come to terms and be like you know you banishing me it turned out it was the best thing that you could ever done for me and it's almost like thanking him for it after the fact cruel irony she's uh she's something right like she is definitely oh how the not just the tables have turned but look at what has happened because of one small thing because i spoke out yeah. in the fact that you were going to sacrifice or you know a general was going to sacrifice troops led to an agni kai duel me cowering for not wanting to go through the duel and then you banishing me. Oh, how the irony. But again, not here to gloat, just to offer maybe the advice saying that potentially being in here inside a cage will also probably do the same thing to you. So whether he means that in like a in a bad sense, um, or you know, in a negative sense, but just, just you know, just being offering that gesture up of like potentially there's hope for you to realize your mistakes. I like that. Oh, I love it. It's like he he's finally uh, so much of what Iroh has been trying to teach him. He can finally turn it around. And instead of having that that rage and anger, he can realize that, you know, the, the path that you set me on, you know, it turned out it was it was great for me. And even though you you did it in a horrible way, 
you know, sometimes, sometimes what, what's right can come in an ugly package yep. and perhaps you being in the cell, it can be the same for you. So now he's going to be maybe the uncle role to try to help uh, his father find some sort of peace. Potentially. I would like to see if that uh, goes somewhere. And also asterisks that always is not a case and applicable with real life scenarios. <laughs> yes. Yes. But just, just in terms of what we've seen for his growth. Yes. To see him come to this this point in the story, I think is is so good. So you know, yeah, offers offers that you know offers that notion of again another peace offering of like you know I'm not about anger violence towards even the man who you know hated my guts or, or whatever and would have killed me if he had the chance. I offer you know I'm taking Ang's idea and adopting his philosophies of not killing, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There is one thing that he does assert to his dad. A question yes. that has been on his mind for many and many a years. Yeah, before they can progress forward in any sort of peaceful way. Yeah, he's got to get aside. Where's my mother? So, yeah, what do you think about them leaving it there? I mean, that's that's quite the thing to just throw in in the, the season finale. Uh, as the both creators, I think, said, it was more about the relationships between the two of them in that case. And we just discussed it, basically, of you know, yeah. rounding up that. But it is definitely what a, the character would ask. Yeah. Character definitely asks, you know, his dad, the obvious of like, you know, what exactly happened on the night of the murder of my grandfather? What happened? And why did mom leave? Where is my mother? Yeah, and that's space that we can either see talked about in perhaps an Avatar uh, feature film to come in 2025 or in a comic book that we'll be covering relatively soon. So, <laughs> But in 2008, we had no clue. Except for the fan fiction writers. They went ham. They went like, no, this is, oh, this is sure what happened. This is exactly what happened. It is canon. <laughs> But anyways, uh, we cut away from that and we cut back to Bossing Say. Yeah, and this this is again, it feels like we have a little bit of a time jump here. And this is outside of everything else we've seen. This is really just a kiss goodbye to the legacy of this this series. As we see Iroh, I guess he's he's reopened the, the tea shop and everyone's there spending some time together. Or maybe, maybe it's not a tea shop. I don't know. <laughs> we, we I remember we just talked about that, so. Um, you guys projecting <laughs> it might be the tea shop i think it might uh, i think it is the his tea sh- the jade dragon i believe kind of wish now retroactively speaking i didn't think of this tonight. i wish it was his son's name by the way he named it in honor of the son son that'd be kind of cool um but uh no it's um i like the little bit with the kids playing you know yeah rock ball or whatever uh where near the trans tank ams uh, sculpture or art exhibit or um <laughs> or whatever it was called sorry um with the by the way the giant hole in the or yeah a hole in the side of the wall there that's that's something is that says something as well yeah um but yeah we get inside the tea shop and we see uncle playing the sungi horn again very beautiful 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 music i hear from him i like hearing that yeah, uh, and being served tea from the Fire Lord himself. Yeah, in that humble position and uh, giving giving something that his uncle always loved, 
relaxing and enjoying some tea and even Appa's outside enjoying looking in at his friends and we just get everyone together all of our all of our leads all of our main characters here in this kind of moment of just basking in the fact that they've arrived at the end they've they've got their piece and Sokka's over in the corner trying to sketch a portrait of them all remembering this great moment of them their victory yep as uh as may and suki learn or at least start playing each other in pie show katara is looking over them uh toff is just drinking tea Aang is playing with momo uh doing some you know fancy you know cat toy stuff um but yeah you know katara goes to inspect her brother's sketches and his you know, his uh his i guess eye for detail on them and <laughs> oh, wait a minute <laughs> Wait a second. What what am I seeing here? What's what is this? What kind of uh, Picasso kind of stuff is this here? What's hang on a second there, Sonny boy. Yeah, and Aang, he's just kind of sitting off to himself, as as we've seen him do a lot in this show, just kind of reflecting and and he goes out and steps out and, and looks over the city and and watches the sun and I don't know if he was hoping that Qatar would follow, if he would just wanted that time to himself. It's a time of well i don't even know if i say introspection but by the way can i just say it like 01 29 27 that is a beautiful shot i've said this many times yeah. but just the colors the lavender the pink the red this actually reminds me of a uh i was listening to uh what the hey was it a band i don't know if you remember this i remember, call them sam roberts band um yeah i think it's lo-fi fantasy or something like that or low fantasy something it was their 2014 album and their artwork is almost similar to this like okay safer bossing say but the color palette and the choice they have because it's a uh, it's a picture of a sunset somewhere and i swear the clouds are kind of similar in in color so it's like ooh, that's that's kind of just kind of funny um but yeah maybe he's just you know taking the time to just think just just to look like, you know, for the first time, well, I don't know, first time, but yeah, he's contempt and he's just satisfied and like can breathe easy, I suppose, that he accomplished that. He, yeah. And then he doesn't know, like, you know, he's looking to the horizons. This is his, you know, a new hope moment, I suppose, of, you know, looking to the twin sons of Tatooine. And kind of looking to the horizons, but in like a good way, because this is now like a different Aang. Like we, mm-hmm. the old Aang is gone and here's a, a different one. And, you know, his purpose these past few months has been to cram and, you know, kind of failed that. But now it's like, gee, what, like, what can I do now? Like what, what is next for, for me? But he has taken that time to, I guess, enjoy the fact that, we don't even see this in flashbacks, but he he lost his old friends in a way. I guess reminiscently, you know, he had old friends, and now he has these new friends and family. So he's definitely life is good for him. It's a, it's definitely a day where he is at peace. Yep, and Katara, as she she comes out, and silently she can she looks over and smiles at him, and she's got a little bit of that blush going on. And the two of them just kind of bask in this this beautiful moment together. Yeah, and they both embrace. And this is an embrace of like purely platonic. This is like as, yeah. as friends, as comrades. Um, you know, yeah. they finally can get a, like a moment to themselves to either talk or whatever. And 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's, that's it for that. Uh, is, you know, I love. By the way, I love the green on her. I love. I think the green contrasts nicely with her blue eyes and that pink rose or that pink flower on the back of her hair. Also, is very attractive uh, and a uh, pleasing aesthetically. Excuse me, um, in, a, in like a color sense. Excuse me, color palette yes. sense. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, they look on the sunset together, <laughs> like the end of Empire Strikes Back, except it's a you know a really touching thing yeah. actually. And then, and then the Cave of Two Lovers theme plays. Oh, yeah. No, this was tough. This was tough to watch. It was just too good. <laughs> and what happens is Qatar goes in first. Yeah. Makes con- they make contact. Oh, it's sorry. Sorry. It's, it's playing right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Dang. And the, the beautiful sweeping shot that we get, because we see them, their first kiss, or they, they first kiss. And then it like switches to a shot far back and it kind of pulls into them and then points up to the sky as we get the end. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> OK, that's it. That's the end. And then the uh, if you're watching the Sosa's Comet movie, uh, <laughs> quickly play the uh, quickly play all the credits of like which. Uh, of the episodes of like parts one, two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to the credits and they play the avatar theme, I believe. Yeah. And that, that brings us around to our final thoughts for this episode only. What do we think about uh Sozin's comp part four avatar Aang? Uh, how about you, sir? Can I say filler by this point? <laughs> <laughs> if you do, I'll say word. I can't say on this podcast. That's totally fair. <laughs> um, can say dedicated to Dante DiMartino. Uh, I guess Avatar episode was dedicated to this one, or Avatar Aang, excuse me, was dedicated to this one. Hmm. And so it seems as though uh, Papa DiMartino passed away in this in this point. So, oof, that's kind of sad. Sorry, Michael, at that point. Um, I'm I'm befuddled and speechless thinking of this a lot. Even even though we prepared for this, like even though we pre watched this, I still hmm. I still like. I don't know what to say, man. Like, it leaves me wanting more. But for what I get, I'm satisfied, but it definitely leaves me wanting more. And I am yeah. so happy that they chose to end it like they did. Uh, they went out strong, I think. I think we'll get into it more. And, you know, they hear Aang's desire, his wish, his want to remain true to his morals did come true in the end he did not kill the or the fire the phoenix king excuse me he spared his life by through the use of uh, a forgotten technique and he ended the war the war finished you know minimal lives seem to have been lost he accomplished what he was supposed to do all the way back uh in book one episode eight uh avatar roku so or the winter solstice excuse me so yeah um i'm satisfied caleb well, what are your final thoughts on Susan's common part four avatar ang yeah it uh it lives up to the quality of the series and ends in a way that like you said leaves you wanting more but at the same time it just it it 
covers all the bases of delivering a really good finale. All the characters end up in a place where, like you said, it's it's like a new beginning for them, and new in the sense that all the old conflicts have been passed over, and now we're going to move on to something else. It makes me sad that we're not going to be there to see it, although I guess we will, the two of us, reading some of these comics that came out uh, after the fact. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you're sad to leave these characters. When I first watched this, I put off watching this this final part for a good while because I just I could not deal with coming to the end. I, I, I'm terrible with endings. And yeah, watching it today, it was definitely quite sad <laughs> seeing this. Uh, but, but happy at the same time. A lot of smiles and a lot of yeah, sad faces. Yeah, that's <laughs> the because, you know, you watch this show and you've 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 been with these characters for so long. I can only imagine what like the people watching One Piece or reading Berserk are gonna feel like when that finally ends. Um, but this one, yeah, even though I'm not saying like this compares to those in terms of like cultural impact or anything like that. Those two, I think, are far maybe better uh, story wise than this. But like, it's still yeah, it still meant something to me. It still it still means something and. Knowing that, you know, you can go back and rewatch the whole thing, but like, man, the investment you put into this and yeah. twists and turns and, you know, places that you didn't think they'd go to or, or whatever, places you thought they would have gone to, but they didn't. It's like, oh man, but they, they stuck to what they were going to do from day one. And that's the nice thing. They saw it through to the end. Probably was a bit rickety, <laughs> but we at least, they, they, they got what they wanted. They, they accomplished what they first started out as or first started out to do yeah, and now that we're now that we've come to the end i just want to start it over again and i think i i think i will after you know i'll give it some time get some distance and then yeah i just want to live in this world again with these characters i it was such a fun ride but maybe i should save that for the overview <laughs> yes yes don't worry uh yeah no no this is it i'm not watching the show ever again <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah oh but does that bring us to the close of this episode here? The Avatar Hang. Yep. That's it. It's over. On to other things. This, uh, you take out the bookmark that we have always been putting into this book, in these books, excuse me. Hmm. We take it out finally, and we are putting these books on the shelf. And we are reaching for the next books. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated for your patience, um, for your time. Thank you for putting us in, letting us be into, go into your ears and your brains to perceive us and hear us and sense us. Uh, it's been fun. It's been important for uh, both of us. It's been important for me because yeah. Yeah. I have, I've learned a lot, not just, I mean, from the show, but also like how to, I guess discuss if that makes sense and to, you know, actually not have to worry about a commentary. Yeah. It's definitely going to be weird going forward and not doing this series. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause we, we, we accomplished it. We, we like, it's weird to say like I've completed a task or well, both of us have. So all things like a bubble have to be pop eventually one day and come to an end. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, we, we've already gotten to the overview of some of this stuff here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Can't help ourselves. But thank you very much for listening to us. And until next time, well, don't procrastinate like Aang. And do know that there is always a third option out there. Um, 
despite whatever mm. your lot in life is, I would assume. As hard as that may sound. Till next time. Peace. podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Here we go again. Enter at your peril. We'll never come back again. It's got a death curse. We have such sights to show you. I guess, but we don't see Atem. Well, I mean, if we if we want to go there, I mean, I don't know if this is Rava. I know retroactively, I suppose this is Rava. Um, but I mean, she does have a temper to her. I, I will say that with with regards when we when we will see her and do her, we're, we'll cover her when we do book two spirits. But like, I I suppose it's right. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, he might be. Mm. Because remember, she's always in battle with uh, Unalak, but we don't. Or sorry, Vatu. Sorry, no, Unalak's mm. her Korra's uh, uncle. Excuse me, but uh, no, we have. But but you know, she's always battling Vatu, and he's sealed away in the um, Tree of Time or whatever it's called in the spirit world. So I guess she's just yeah acting vengeful. <laughs> Thank you for saying all that because, you know, I've, I've been so sad about like, oh, Avatar is ending. Yeah, you're just making me think how excited I am to get to some of that stuff that, oh, man, do I love. Can I just say that I actually prefer we don't know it's Rava? Like, I kind of, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to that eventually. Yeah, but I kind of yeah. like the fact that we don't, like, when this series was created, I don't know if they actually had plans for, Uno, uh, sorry, Vatu or, or Rava. But, like, I'm kind of glad, like, just the Avatar is just, like the planet itself almost, or at least the, the combination between like the planet and the spirit world c- together. Mm. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad we don't know just, just that we, we don't know anything about the fact that what, what happened in origins or, you know, in Wong's episode in, in book two uh, spirits. I'm, I'm glad we don't have that. Cause I kind of like how we just don't know the avatar state. And so when it's, when it's answered, it's like some, some things can be uh, disappointing or at least, Oh, that's what it is. Oh, that's, a, that's so. That's what the magician's trick really is. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, we'll definitely discuss some of that. Yeah. Mm.